fair to say you simply flooded the system with money? Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. Look at what it means. This is why I'm saying, like, this is a lie that's been purported by Walt. The lowest rates, everything gets better all of a sudden. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. What about hard work? What about it? You work hard? Gods were like 30 to 1 against me. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people that, from my neighborhood, you know, in my environment, that make it out, uh, I mean, forget about being to be successful, to make it out alive. Top of the top. Guys is back, trading places, we're back. Another crazy week. I feel like we say that every week, but the markets have literally been crazy every Yeah, this was a crazy week. Damn week, man. It's just been a highly volatile season, especially with tech earnings. Uh so we're here to talk about it. This is your host, X. I'm here with my guys, Rashid. Going on. Twan. Yo, what up? Go vote. Brooklyn Dawn, yeah, we, we it's the Saturday before um, the election, and uh, Mitch McConnell is now saying there won't be a stimulus before the election, and that they'll consider it <laughs> if the Republicans keep the Senate. Uh, but at this point, he put it out there about 24 hours ago, they'll start work on it in January of 2021. So they gave Families $1,200 or $2,400 back in May. Uh, there has not been additional release. Wasn't it April? Aid. That was yeah, April. It, may, it may have been April, yeah. I was like April, yeah. Um, so it's clear where their priorities are because they rushed in the confirmation of the new judge, Barrett, <laughs> in less than 40 days. But for stimulus... Um, it's taken some time and it's been politicized at this point. So regardless of which side of the aisle, they're both playing politics while people are dying. And it's dramatically impacted the markets as well. The markets was, I don't think the markets was up one day this week. I could be wrong, but every morning we wake up and we just see a sea of red on your trading view, your TD, Whatever you know, whatever you use, Robin Hood is out there. Um, given that we have the election coming up on Tuesday, uh, do, do you think we see a, a, a you know a bounce next week? Um, I know the Fed has a meeting next Wednesday. That's being overlooked. Jerome Powell is going to be speaking on Wednesday. Uh, on Wednesday, after, right, right after the day after the election, which makes me. Uh, Curious as to what, control. right? What is going to be like? Up. They're like, all right, listen, whoever wins, I'm the president. Yeah, basically, um, whoever wins, I'm the president. I got the print of Go Burr. Yeah. Burr. <laughs> I mean, it's this week. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with the markets if no one really knows what's going to happen in the markets if Biden wins, if Trump wins, we can take a guesstimate, but I don't, I don't think no one really knows. Um, that being said, have y'all seen businesses are starting to board up in anticipation of riots and violence? Oh uh, yeah, they got you. 
They got to. This is is it's crazy. We we hit it. We headed towards real volatile times. We had. I mean, we're in volatile times, but we're in the beginning of it. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I think the markets could get pretty crazy. There's no telling what happens after election day. Right. Um, and I think that's why the Fed has said, yeah, we're going to go ahead and just schedule a meeting on Wednesday and we're going to talk to the market. Yeah. Uh, we'll just schedule some time to talk to the market. There's a lot of uncertainty. And this whole thing with stimulus, last time it took the markets falling through the floor for them to cave, right? What it really took is it took everybody's portfolio going down. Yep, but I'm gonna be like, all right, we gotta stop this. So, I mean, it, I, I think the priority is not necessarily the American people, right? It's not really necessarily the issue or the dislocation in the job market. That's not right. so much what they're concerned with. Right. What they are concerned with is asset prices going down and there being a big structural gap. Yeah. And everyone's portfolio that they can't make up. That's what people, I mean, that's what they seem to care the most about. So I think it'll take another sharp downward movement for everyone in the cave and go ahead. Because this stimulus really should have been passed a long time ago, right? Like, not to say that I'm, I mean, stuff needs to fix itself. Um, But this, this stimulus really should have been passed a long time ago. I don't understand why it has to be so reactive. It's pretty obvious how things are going. You know, I mean, everything's political right now. That's that's what it is. Um, people are, you know, playing playing the fence until they get what they want politically. So, in the, the, at the end of the day, the American people are suffering because of it. Unfortunately, and on top of that, we're seeing big debates around all the deficit expanding and the amount of debt. Like we have no choice right now in a recessionary environment. We have to spend. So I feel like that shouldn't even be that much of a focal point, but it's like, what are you spending on? Mm. Right. It's like, okay, you want to take the position of, okay, we're in a recessionary environment. We have to spend. It's like, okay, well you need good ideas that are going to return the capital plus the debt so you can actually pay it off. But like we we're just throwing money at problems. Which just makes the which just makes the debt bigger, which just makes next time worse. Because all we're not allowing bad businesses to fail. Like the the way that we dealt with the last the last crash, we we basically put a backstop on the bond market. On the all of the triple B bonds that were about to turn into junk. There's three times as much triple B bonds as there is in the entire junk market. And what was about to happen is a lot of those triple B bonds were going to get downgraded and overflow the junk bond market, which was mean, which would mean they would have to dramatically decrease in price or there would have to be some new capital that magically came in and saved it. So we put a complete backstop on these failing companies and they've been destroying capital, which is why they're failing. So it's like, do we just want to continue to dig deeper? Socialism for corporations, capitalism for the everyday guy. Yeah, because I'm not against the stimulus for households. 
Like, I don't think it's a sustainable strategy. I don't think it's a good thing. But that was only about 300 billion of the three, four trillion. Right. That was a small minority of all of the paper money that got thrown into the system. Like it wasn't the $1,200 checks was not the majority of the stimulus by any stretch of the imagination. The most of, most of it went to propping up these bad, badly run companies. Mm. <laughs> you, when you look at it, you have to say, well, where are the priorities? Because <laughs> the priority is not the people, the priority is the business, the owners. And more more than ever we see in society, that's who's valued, right? Uh, but seeing how the markets are playing out this week, I don't think a lot of people have protection in their portfolios because people were overly optimistic. We saw the options market where a bunch of people had long, you know, out of the money calls, expensive out of the money calls on Amazon, on the Facebooks of the world, and it blew up in their face. Yeah, it was it was working three months ago. Yeah. So just wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. That's how people are. They're just greedy. Yeah, they got really greedy. Really? That's all it was. <laughs> like, yeah, just oh yeah, I just made forty k. I was way out of the money. Let double down. Right. Forty k is not enough. I need eighty. Right. They had a uh, recency bias, as they would call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who literally pulled in 43K in two hours playing Tesla back in the summer, right? <laughs> he got so confident, and that's one of the worst things you can do is become arrogant while trading, right? Uh, in addition to you know using your emotions, but he got arrogant. So he took that money, doubled down, on more out of the money calls for Tesla. You want to know what text I got from him this week? Oh, so I just caught that without even knowing the story. Yeah. I, I got too greedy, man. Retail investors, right? Yeah. We talked we talked about the composition of all the retail money that was coming in. Yeah. Of course, it hasn't been all retail money, but it's a lot of as it's a lot of propaganda being played that you can only make money in the stock market. Right. I feel like corporations um, are a reflection of its investors and vice versa. Like, and what I mean by that, like, there's like something underlying about like, you know, within like America and its principles about the idea that greed is good. Like, (laughs) you know, like, Gordon Gecko. Yeah, they made that in the movie Wall Street. And the thing is, with greed, eventually it catches up to you, right? Like, things have to level out. You bring up a really good point. Oh, go ahead, bro. I didn't mean to. No, I'm finished. (laughs) No, but you bring up a great point because I think the basis of capitalism is understanding that humans are inherently greedy. And what what the idea, I think, is, is that we should have a system where people's greed benefits the community. And I think just because of the way technology has gone and the way assets have been sort of unfolding and how big the world has gotten, 
I think the other side of the, or the counterbalance to greed becoming unchecked is having community where it's like, okay, yeah, people are greedy, but if they do something that's shameful, being shamed by the community is enough to stop people from being overboard. Mm. But when you open up to where you have a global economy and people are just, you know, you, you type to somebody that they're, they're not really real anymore. You sort of live in your own world. You have all this exposure to all of these people. And it's just like, does this person, does this community actually matter anymore? So when you sort of open it up, I think it, uh, it really, it really allows that greed factor to go unchecked. I think the scary thing about greed is, uh, I think in most cases, greed, extremely greedy societies lead to like bad revolutions. Like we, uh, I look at like a, a, the history of capitalism and what it evolves from. It evolves from like early feudalism, right? And and both of them has this like same common principle: like labor equals output, right? But with that output, there's like an input, and in, you know uh, that's encouraging that you can gain more, right? Right. But because you have like these greedy individuals within society that take so much, the the average person that contributes to labor can't see, um, can't reap what they sow. <laughs> you know, like, and that that leads to like this this anger amongst classes, specifically with the upper class. And some, most of the time, they don't get to the upper class, but they take it out on like you know the middle class, the bourgeois. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, and excuse my language, you have like evil motherfuckers like McConnell who just does not have any type of empathy for those who are struggling. He doesn't relate. I don't rock with him at all. Right? No, I don't. I don't rock with Turkey Neck McConnell by, hmm. by any means. And it's not about me being Democrat, which I'm not. <laughs> not about me being re- Republican, which I'm not, for the record. Uh, it's just that this man is just evil. Yeah. Right. He doesn't care about the disadvantaged, doesn't care about the vulnerable. We so we gave that first stimulus in April and you're saying, hey, the follow up is coming nine months later. People, you know, basically, if you if you do the math, right, and you stretch that out over up until today, people are living on like what? They gave you five dollars a day, maybe if that. Hmm. Right. Um, and I've just never seen. And I've seen some evil people in Congress, but I just haven't come across somebody who abuses their power as much as McConnell. Like we got to get him out the way for many reasons beyond just the the future of this country, the direction of this country that's it's going to take in the next seventy two hours, seventy two to ninety six hours. Uh, McConnell represents his constituents, man, and he's a cor- he's a corporation. Mass- and it's not just that. His constituents that vote him in, even though they probably don't have much, they have a scarcity mindset. They think there's not enough in America for for everyone to win, even though like there is, like there's plenty. This this is literally the land of plenty. Like there's land everywhere. Like there's opportunities everywhere. But you got people such as him and his constituents that like think like, yeah, there is land everywhere, but that's for me, like just me. Like, that's just mine. It's just for these people. He's a clown. 
I mean, let's not get too wrapped up in a specific politician, right? True. <laughs> like we cover, we cover this show because, yeah. I mean, ultimately, the markets are going to be the markets. Ultimately, right. you're the best investments you can make in yourself, and ultimately, govern your own life. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Sure, the details in between of how you get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the politics and the policies they contribute but they have very little impact on the destination. Right. And if you're trading, you know, sometimes like the headlines don't matter. You're trading. So you should be more, obviously you can include the sentiment, but pay attention to price action, right? And manage risk. I think a lot of people went into this week, you know, not managing risk, not being mindful of the volatility that usually October's historically have brought to the markets. You're a true student of trading. And that was something that my trading coach told me about. I was like, hey, you always have to prepare yourself against and protect yourself against the volatility that usually comes later in the year. Right. So I don't think a lot of people did that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, listen, if if you're trading, you know, uh, you probably see we are in volatile times, even though, you know, your particular life, I think politics has little to do with the outcome. Um. You know, right now in the short term period, a lot of people are paying attention to it and it's contributing a lot to the volatility because, like you said, X, there is a lot of uncertainty around, you know, what we get stimulus, what we not, what will it look like, how long will it take? Mm-hmm. Um, if Biden wins, will Trump give up office? If, <laughs> if Trump wins, what happens next? Um it's just a bunch of uncertainty, and we, we had a big domino fall in the land of Bitcoin um, yes. over in the Middle East that we'll get to. Um, but this week, you know, we had earnings. We had big tech earnings, and markets are reacting. Markets were down 5.8% uh, from a global, you know, sort of point in the U.S. markets. While Bitcoin is booming. <laughs> and Bitcoin was up 7% during that same time period. So we've been talking about has it been enough time to say we decoupled. Um, and I still think we have to see because, you know, a lot of this year it's been in lockstep with the stock market, but this was a huge week. This was a really, really big week. We, we had earnings that had downward pressure on the markets and Bitcoin really, really separated. And not only did it separate, but 13.8K. It's a major area of resistance. Um, this is also uh, the 12th anniversary of the Bitcoin white paper right now. Um, so happy birthday to everybody. Happy born day to uh, all the all the Bitcoin hollers. Yeah. All the all the believers. All the believers. Um, but yeah, we're we're at thirteen we're about thirteen eight and we saw fourteen K last night. And it's just incredible to see. On top of that, I think we're starting to see the thesis proved out that. Bitcoin can be a great hedge against the uncertainty in the markets, right? Um, so even while I saw the markets was red, I remember I opened up my trading view. Uh, was that Wednesday? The green I did see was in crypto. <laughs> and I wasn't mad at it at all because I'm like, well, that's great. But if it's me, I don't have much exposure to the market at this point, uh, excluding cannabis, which is just a complete election play. 
I mean, if you're, if you're still arguing against Bitcoin at this point, I'll just say this. Year-to-day performance, Bitcoin is up 90%. The next best thing is gold, which is about 25%. Okay. After that, S&P 500 is flat. The NASDAQ is up, I want to say, 7 or 8%. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can play the traditional markets if you want. You can get in gold if you want, but Bitcoin is up 4 or 5x all of other assets so the lead is strong (laughs) straight up yeah and i don't think that's where it stops um i saw a couple days ago that there are now option contracts that have opened up for bitcoin for the 40k strike price now i know a couple of months ago i said my prediction for bitcoin top at the peak was i think i said 26.5 as days go on i've changed my mind and i do find it highly believe like probable that bitcoin will touch 50k in the that's next 12 months you think that's still too low i do in the next 12 months so <laughs> where, where you see it I told you I, I'm I'm a, I'm at least above 100k, 200k. We went through the math, right? If it just gets to where gold is, nine mm-hmm. trillion, that's 400k. So if it gets to like half of gold, and all, I mean all the railways is just is the floodgates are opening. Like all the banking stuff is happening. All the crypto exchanges getting banking licenses. Worlds to worlds converging, OCC, bank, they can hold crypto. PayPal came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, all the uh, all the countries are starting to do their global currency, like the Chinese. Uh, I just saw an article that uh, the Huawei's new phone is going to have a hardware ledger for the digital one. That just came out. So that's and, that, and that's re- and that's releasing like now. That is major. So they're um, trying to monitor all your bread. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's just, they already do everything. With the WeChat. Everything's accelerating. And then uh, I mean, the big, the big, big news this week, I think, was that we had the first central bank openly admit that they're buying crypto. Um, and it's probably not the first central bank we want because it is a country that's been highly sanctioned. But this points to the political nature of Bitcoin because. The sanctions and the fact that they've been choked off from international trade has led them to Bitcoin because they can't really use their dollar reserves. And I'm talking about Iran because I haven't uh, said it yet. But yeah, Iran's central bank just put out regulation that that forces Bitcoin miners to sell their cryptocurrency to the central bank. And now they're going to fund imports with crypto. Basically, they're saying we're choked off from the global economy, but we do have these natural resources. We do have this oil and we do have access to cheap electricity. And because we have cheap electricity, we can mine Bitcoin. So we're putting together a centrally planned Bitcoin mining central, centrally mining strategy. And as the central bank, we're going to buy the Bitcoin from you. We're going to buy the crypto from you. And we're going to use it to trade. That's crazy. It's a big ass thing. Yo. What, Twan, what was the country that was like, like investing heavily into uh, 
Monero, too. We had saw it earlier this year. I can't remember. Yeah, these countries are now starting to get more involved and be active participants of the ecosystem, which I think has a massive impact on the direction of the geopolitical landscape over the next few decades. Mm, well, I, I'm just going to use uh, Iran as the example. Iran has been having like embargoes with the Western world since the fall of their Shah in 1979. So like they haven't really been able to participate in the world's economy like they could. But with, you know, the emergence of cryptocurrencies and assets such as Bitcoin, it can now allow them to move around these embargoes to still make deals. <laughs> like, I think. And they have a willing trade partner. I, yeah. They, I mean, and Russia. So, and Russia. I mean, granted, they may not have like economies as strong as like, you know, um, you know, Western Europe or the U.S., but um, with something such as cryptocurrency, it can help b- rebuild their their economies and make it even stronger than before. China has a strong economy. I'm right. I'm not talking but, about China, but I'm talking about Russia and Iran. Yeah, but I mean, Iran. The reason that their economy hasn't been as strong is because they've been choked off from participating because we've used the dollar as well. Yeah, to basically, I'm, to basically, you know, our enemies, we our our political enemies, we've choked off from the financial system and trading because the west has dominated and now that's changing yeah and, oh go ahead no nah, i'm i'm agreeing with you i mean iran's not a little country no it's not iran has like 80 million people they went they went to war with iraq and won <laughs> like, yeah like i mean they won. <laughs> before before intervention from the west that was the dominant force in the middle east yeah yeah i mean it's, this is going to be interesting to see how um, American, well, I'll say Western politics begin to develop policies because of this. Um, right. What know, would the response be? Yeah, because before it was like, you know, the British pound or the American dollar, like that was what we used to, you know, choke out our competition. But it now it's like, all right, you have this these new players that allows them to you know, facilitate deals without using the dollar or pound. So it's like, right. all right, what 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 are you going to do now? Like, what's your right. next chess move? Iran, I mean, they literally we put we put maybe like we put new sanctions on Iran like eighteen different banks starting this uh, September, and they switched over their reserve currency to the to the yuan. Can they can they freeze? Can you freeze the Bitcoin or a ledger? You could flag a wallet, but I don't know if you could freeze it. Uh, oh, man, this is. Cold I feel like this. This is gonna be like a new age cold war with a war of hackers. Man, it's gonna be a bunch of like Bitcoin stealing. Nah, facts. But the thing is, it's like okay, so now they've made the statement that okay, we're going to nationalize. Basically, we're going to nationalize the Bitcoin mines or the crypto mines. And then when you look at the geographic landscape of where the mining power is, 65% is in China. 65, 65% is in China. You know what, though? They, they're smart, 7% though. is in Russia. 
So like when you look at the breakdown of where the power is, it's like Iran, Russia, and China together account for 75% of all the Bitcoin miners. You want to hear what's slick about this though? They announced this right before like election happened. Cause they knew it was like, yo, America really can't answer for another like what four months, four to six months max. Right. It was like, oh, all right, check. And and the digital one, right, is being rolled out. I think something with China, China's the big domino because they have they they have they have the power in terms of this this Bitcoin mining situation which is really scary because they've shown to be a willing partner with russia and with iran and they also build in ties all throughout the middle east pakistan i mean and then into uh africa so they have the power to flip the switch and say you know what these countries that have been choked off we're going to start using cryptocurrency and we're going to get around all of this stuff And now it's at a whole new scale. Now that I think about it, you know, it's bugged out. It might explain like the uptick we've seen in like privacy coins. And it also might explain why governments, particularly our government, is trying very hard to break it. It's definitely why. And a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, amid like the the IRS had put up a bounty out there. Uh, Monero has shipped some updates, you know, that improves like the speed and the security. The performance of it. So, so it seems like they're staying two steps ahead. The developers over there are staying two steps ahead to ensure that Monero remains like the true digital cash, completely anonymous and private. I'm I'm not a I'm I'm not an expert in hacking or you know computer science, so I I couldn't tell you exactly everything behind like how like Bitcoin works and stuff. But what I do know is I have never heard of someone getting their Monero jacked. <laughs> I've heard about people getting jacked from Ethereum. I've heard about people getting jacked for Bitcoin. I have not heard yet of anyone getting jacked from Monero. I'm sure somebody probably was driving around with a ledger, maybe got jacked, but I doubt it. The most kidnappings I saw for Bitcoin occurred um late 2017 2018 you heard about it about it like every other day like why one guy getting set up over a uh, tinder they ended up cracking him for 1.4 million in bitcoin yeah. but people were getting their bitcoin wallets hacked oh yeah that's true and their ethereum wallets hacked you don't hear about monero wallets getting hacked like that well that may that may be because monero may not drive as much clicks right as someone that maybe wants to drive a narrative that having your money in a bank is more safe than having your money in Bitcoin, hmm. right? We still live in a sensationalized, you know, country. Like that's just the media landscape these days. But we do know that the IRS put a price on them boys' head. They, they offered a bounty of 625000 to anyone who could crack Monero's privacy. In the, in the Department of Homeland Security, like, is trying to deploy software to track Monero transactions, which leads me to believe that Iran and similar countries that have been hurt by sanctions or don't want prying eyes is moving money to Monero. Absolutely.
because I mean, my knowledge proof will work too, right? It's the same algorithm. It's pretty much the same as Bitcoin. So if you're if you're mining Bitcoin, you're mining Monero, most likely. No, I, I I think the reason why the IRS and Homeland Security is watching wants Monero to take down Monero bad, because they probably know there's Americans out there that are making deals with these countries. <laughs> they're like, yo, they're hedging hedging themselves just in case the American dollar fails. They know yeah, it. But, I mean, it's, it's, everybody's probably willing to do, not everyone, but a lot of countries are probably willing to do deals in Monero. But I would guarantee, I, I guarantee you that there's Monero deals going on between Iran, Russia, and China. For sure. I mean, we saw some hackers um, hack Trump's campaign website. And this is um, why I think this is the case for why Bitcoin Nate. has to be uncorrelated with the stock market. Yeah, it's because when shit really hits the fan and goes off the rails, it's so many other countries that need to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them hackers asked for Monero. <laughs> like that was the ransom. Give me some Monero. So we seen we seen what's playing out here, and there's been. As you mentioned, and we've been mentioning, there's more and more institutional FOMO into crypto. Fidelity Investments, uh, piece comes out that Fidelity Investments are approaching high net worth individuals at you know our family offices, right? And for those out there who don't know what a family office is, is basically an uh, entity that manages the money of someone incredibly wealthy, like a Zuckerberg or the Carters. I don't think I don't think Jay Z has a family office, but just to provide an example, and you have um, a cohort of individuals there who's managing that money and is responsible for growing that wealth and protecting the wealth of that family. Uh, but they're now approaching these family offices because at least family offices in Asia have a huge appetite for cryptocurrency. Remember a couple of years ago, the, the the most popular thing for them to do <laughs> was to hide cash and grow cash in U.S. real estate, particularly New York. Manhattan became like the island for Chinese wealth to park money. Now it's turning into crypto assets. Bitcoin's a better store of value <laughs> in the world. Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about property depreciating or crime going up and down. <laughs> like real estate. Man. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we're at the point where when we launched this show, what, May, we were just talking about, hey, there's an opportunity in Bitcoin. And now, like, all the stuff that we're talking about is playing out within, what, six months? Yeah. That's how fast this stuff is moving. We've gone from this is the opportunity for retail, and now we have BitcoinTreasuries.com, where these companies are putting money in Bitcoin, and now we have countries. So we've gone from retail to companies to countries. Six that's, months. That's the thing. Bitcoin is at the forefront, right? Some of these altcoins is right behind it. Like Bitcoin's going to carry it with them. Like the last bull run, we saw like things like Stellar Lumen hit a dollar. Ripple hit two dollars. 
And that was just with Bitcoin hitting like, what what was it? All time high of 20K. So if it hits like 400K or something ridiculous, just imagine what those coins are gonna hit. And maybe you don't, you can't afford to get a whole Bitcoin, but some of these like altcoins might just be just as beneficial to invest in as and you can buy bitcoins in fractions too right it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a whole bitcoin the same way we're seeing fractional shares which was launched by a uh, up-and-coming or emerging i don't even call them up and coming because they're moving fast an emerging uh exchange ftx they announced the opportunity for non-us investors uh just as a disclaimer access to fractional shares of companies like tesla and apple so i think crypto was the first time we saw assets fractionalized right and now that has moved into the equity market yep and ftx i mean that's the binance that's binance so what binance was in 2017 that that did that for 2020 they're innovating they have you know they they're doing it they're on the front of these dexes these decentralized exchanges they launched bitcoin pairs for stocks yeah they, they've created some really innovative products including move contracts uh which i had the opportunity to test out earlier this year where you're just where you're just betting on bitcoin being volatile regardless of direction right right yeah, <laughs> it's like so I believe it can, you know, it will be volatile between this time period. I had never seen. I would love to see move contracts for equities one day. I, I would play Amazon all the time. <laughs> mm. The new one is uh, Snowflake. Like Google, Google all the time. Why not? Because those are volatile uh, stocks that move crazy in both directions. So they're doing that now for Bitcoin. Yeah, man, they're coming and they're coming after Robinhood. That's what this is about. You know, crypto exchanges, they're yeah. innovative. They're saying, okay, there's a lot of retail opportunity. There's no reason why they can't get the Robinhood market. Yeah. And I don't think Robinhood is moving fast enough on crypto. Nah, Robinhood is... It's not a, not a. Uh, it was great. It was a great innovation of what they have done, but they're not in the same class. I don't think is is these crypto shit in terms of innovation in terms of tech. And maybe they'll probably never they'll probably never get there, but they sure will have enough cash to buy some money out. How big is Robinhood from a market cap perspective? Uh, I can't remember that last private valuation. Um, Oh, they're not. Yeah. Like I, I know it's well into the billions, but I don't know the exact number. Yeah, they raised. Uh, they raised at eleven point two billion. Okay. So when they go public, do you think they will fetch um, a valuation um, higher than that or below? And it depends on how fast these crypto exchanges. Eat them. Mm-hmm. We also saw Coinbase launch a, a card, a debit card, I think, this this week. Full banking services, right? Uh, and that Carl, points to what? Got a card. Got yeah. an account. 
You will be able to auto pay your bills in a minute, set up subscriptions. It's all coming. And what's uh, bugged out? Probably get discounts for, for <laughs> using crypto instead of cash on those subscriptions because companies are going to be like, yo, I, I would prefer to have some Bitcoin or some Ethereum. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it's bugged out because you, you pointed that out last week, Twan. You literally said, yo, exchanges are going to become everything. They're going never to have to leave the crypto right. world. You yeah. never have to leave the crypto world. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is why I was saying, like, um, they're kind of preparing for this next pull, bull run because I think they believe this next bull run may not end. Like, I agree. Like, wow. So you mean like this one could be going? It's just going to keep going. Like, of course, there's going to be like, you know, um, price times, pullbacks. Yeah, where the, where the prices go down. But um, I think it's, it's, it's going to be minuscule in terms of how much it's going to go up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if this is like in perpetuity. Like, I don't know if Bitcoin is going to be forever, but because there might be other things that come saying. along. I know what you're saying. Because this is going to last a long time. We see I think what you're market. saying. I think what you're saying, Swan, is right now we're at about 1% penetration. We have about 60, 70 million users in Bitcoin. Well, if we're now at this inflection point where institutions are adopting and the first central bank has adopted, and that ha- this is all happening within like this happened this week, right? And then the companies is happening over the past weeks, months. Mm-hmm. It's lining up so that we could literally go from 1% adoption to an expanding amount of adoption for a very long time. And you can have market cycles within that where the price could go down, but just going from 1% adoption to say 25% adoption over the course of four years, Five years that that would be yeah. sort of like ever expanding mm. the market and the price. I I think I look I look at blockchain very interestingly. Like I think the technology is created to create more assurance, right? So like you have more faith in create doing transactions, whatever that transaction may be. That's there's so much blockchain technology, um, like. It encompasses almost everything, like um, from food services to um, logistics to, you know, uh, to assets. Uh, But I foresee blockchain becoming so big, like that it makes the global economy smaller and smaller. So, like, the way I look at it is like, all right, let's say, like, I wanted to buy, like, you know, I don't know, like a shirt or something like that in, in Morocco, right? Right now I have to like trust the website, then trust the vendor, make sure that it's legit and, you know, hope that what I'm paying for, I'll get in return, right? Blockchain kind of makes those assurances almost guaranteed. Like, like, let's say like you buy something through like something like, uh, and, and, some of that, some of the blockchain technologies involved in it, like TrustLock, right? Uh, so, like you, you're you're trying to purchase something, that same shirt from a vendor in Morocco, right? TrustLock will ensure that once that shirt comes, like 
And maybe there'll be other blockchain technology that can guarantee that shows that you receive that package or something like that, um, that your funds are moved from your account to that vendor. And maybe even there'll be another blockchain technology that will guarantee like, oh, like the shirt is what it says it is. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's kind of filling in all these gaps. Like Bitcoin is just the start, but yeah. there's so much more that's going to be so helpful for the world's economy. Right. And I, I think it could be even greater for small businesses if they learn how to take advantage of it in, within a timely fashion. But um, that's dependent on a lot, man. It's dependent on a lot. The the thing that I kind of get irked at is people who say, oh, to grow crypto, we need to spend Bitcoin as many places as possible. But I don't think people want to spend their crypto. People don't, don't want to spend their Bitcoin. They don't want, yeah, they don't want to spend their Bitcoin. Maybe they'll spend their USD coin, USDC, right? But... I don't think no one out there really wants to spend their Bitcoin because they don't want to look back and regret. Why would you spend your Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I, I wish I asked myself that. That's, that's fine. You don't have to. There's other things out there. There's yeah. Lumen. Um, there's Bitcoin Cash. Like, I, I mean, there's Monero, uh, and that's like you know, that's the great thing about uh, crypto. Like, you have other options. Like, if you want to store your wealth in one thing, you can use. Another thing to spend it. Um, and it's a reserve that's asset. What, yeah. It's like a reserve asset. It's kind of like when the dollar used to be backed by gold. I think Bitcoin is the reserve asset and then something's built on top of it to transact with. Mm-hmm. And then right. there's like, you know, some sort of, because we have Bitcoin and blockchain, we can be like, oh, yep, the reserves are there to, to back this other currency that we spend. I, I do think, though, when Bitcoin does take off, hopefully to the, the, the price that, you know, she is guessing. Oh, I, hopefully to a million. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, uh, like I said earlier, I think these alts are going to follow like crazy. Like, yeah, we're going to be seeing like some of these alt prices that we never even thought of. Well, and you're going to still have people that missed out on it because they didn't even think like, oh, like well, something yeah. like whatever would hit this price. Like, I I don't want to use any one cryptocurrency as an example. Right, right. But they probably didn't think that that one crypto would hit those prices. I mean, Ethereum yeah. yesterday. I think I mean, it was a great time to buy ETH yesterday when it, I think it dipped to as low as 373. So it allows you to enter at a, at a better entry point. Now it's, uh, what, at 392 when I checked about an hour ago. I think remember in so, 2017 when, when Bitcoin hit 20k and there was so many people saying like oh I had Bitcoin when it was like worth this and oh <laughs> I I should have never so like you're gonna have a lot of that by 2025 like with so, the alts so check this out with with Bitcoin if we had one percent adoption right now and the price is at thirteen thousand eight hundred you divide by one percent which is the adoption and say, once we get to hundred percent adoption, that implies 1.4 million. Yo, waking up to just sitting on five. <laughs> when it cracks a milli, a, a million? Right, that's the thing. Like 
this is what I try. So the exercise I try to walk people through with faith warning is um, that I found resonate with people. I, I've said it before, I think, on the show, but just like, all right, it, it's seven and a half billion people in the world. There's 21 million people. So mm-hmm. take one percent of the world. So seven and a half billion. That's 75 million. So if that 1%, those 75 million people had all of the wealth and that wealth, the basis of money became Bitcoin, they could only get that 21 million divided by 75, which is about 0.28 Bitcoin. So if 1% of the world owned all of the reserve asset and that reserve asset was Bitcoin, they could only get their hands on 0.28 if it was evenly distributed. So extrapolate what that means is that if you get 0.28 Bitcoin and you you hold it, you're guaranteed to be in the 1% if this ends up being the reserve asset of the future. Yeah. So right now, that costs you $3,500. Everyone can afford that insurance. And that doesn't even account for the fact that the world's population, when this actually happens, will probably be something closer to 10 billion. And that 2 million to 4 million Bitcoin are projected to have been lost forever. So like the math changes to where the number is probably like 0.2. Yeah, you're right. You kind of have, like you said, you have to bet on the future of where things are headed. Like for me, that started to shape, that has started to shape my portfolio strategy where it's like, I want to be in emergent industries, right? So digital currencies, gaming, and cannabis. That's that's how I'm shaping my portfolio now. If it's not headed in the future, because I'm not looking back to what worked the prior 10, 15, 25, 50, past century, right? Different economy. That's a different economy. Like you'll be a bozo right now to buy Hertz. <laughs> like what? Like Sears. I don't even think Sears, yeah, Sears is bankrupt, but that's not where the world is headed. And and as we've mentioned before, if software has been eating every other corner of the world, isn't it only right that it eats our money? Like physical cash. So I, I just, we encourage people to just really wake up and see what's happening out there around them. People used right. to make fun of the gamers, but that's the direction that the world is he- heading, virtual, right? That's why I've started to really pay attention to this company out there, Unity Gaming, especially with us going into, it looks like we're going into a second lockdown. All these other countries, we also saw that this week. I uh, don't want a second lockdown. Germany went into lockdown. I believe the UK is going to be announcing on Monday if they're going to be going into a full lockdown, they already shut down the pubs or limited the hours of the pubs out there in the UK. Uh, I believe Italy has gone or is preparing to go into lockdown. What do you think people are going to be doing? Now, Megan, baby. <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> right, that too. Because, uh, man, if you know, I, I think they're going to be doing, you know, Feeding their vices, so like drinking and drugs. Yeah. Um, partially because of depression. Yeah. And partially because they're bored. Um, and then I also think they're going to be, you know, playing video games and gaming. 
So there's nothing else to do. And trade him. <laughs> lots of lots of problems. Hey, under under gambling. And gambling. Yeah, that's another no. part of my portfolio. I forgot about that part. DraftKings, right? So the future of gaming, the future of gambling, is all happening before Haas. So that's my second wave lockdown portfolio structure. I think gambling and gaming are like intersecting. Mm. They're making it, I think like more and more people's virtual interactions become more and more gamified. And there's ways to wager. Yeah. I mean, they designed Robin Hood as a game. Yeah. As a video game. Yeah, that's, I think that people, because what, what's happening, I think, is with the social media, they, you know, if you sort of pay attention, it's basically these companies that are optimizing. They just learn a lot about human psychology and try to build patterns within their users that are profitable. Right. And I mean, we know gambling and all these things that give us dopamine hits, you know. Um, so I think a lot of these tech companies, they realize that it's really a game of psychology. You have think tank research and development level of investment into figuring out, OK, how do we manipulate human behavior to uh, optimize results for the shareholders? And that's why I think that just the way that the economy and tech has shifted has gotten out of control because humans like to think we're in control. We like to think we're autonomous. We like to think that we're all these like noble things, but really we just respond to our environments and we're very emotional creatures and we're really not in control. Um, so I think that the way things have gotten because of that, having centralized entities mm. with an unlimited printing press to just fund research and development on how to manipulate human behavior. I think that's, it's just gotten out of hand, right? The model, the model where a few people own that engine and basically manipulate the behavior of the population towards things that are profitable towards the bottom line. It's just, it's just breaking down, down society having to be that way. Hmm. No, I agree. I agree, man. Uh, but people also have to be mindful of the fact that the market is not a game. It's for it's very serious, and it should be approached in a very serious manner. Uh, if you want to gamble, there are platforms out there to do that. Uh, there are more states that are opening up legalized gambling. Uh, Tennessee is one tomorrow. Been paying close attention to that one. Um, <laughs> so you have FanDuel. You have... DraftKings, you have other platforms out there to do that, but do not approach investing with a gambling mindset. Now, if you want to take your lottos here and there, I think we've all done it, right? Play just a little bit, but don't let that be your primary uh, approach to trading investor is, you know, having a gambling mindset. Um, With that, man, like... I don't even want to think about what's going to happen this week uh, just because we're seeing reports out there that I'm talking about. There are going to be many civil wars popping up, uh, social unrest. So for everybody out there, just stay safe. Stay from the, safe from the, the Rona. Safe from uh, markets bleeding. <laughs> safe from sitting 100% into cash. Yeah.
I mean, that's, that's that's pretty much it. Like my watch list is just the the world as a whole this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my watch list is through the people. Yeah, like that is my watch list. I'm watching everything because we do not know what the fuck is about to happen. Because if we get a repeat of 2000, oh my god, the recount, Florida, Al Gore, all if we get a repeat oh, yeah. of that. It's likely, right? Because of all of the mail-in, that's what they're going to say, the mail-in ballots. So, like, they're not supposed to know who actually won the election for months, right? Yeah. I mean, they have to count those ballots. A lot of those ballots are just sitting <laughs> in postal, postal rooms. Uh, Texas <sighs> has now surpassed their entire voter turnout for 2016. And Georgia is inching up to beating their total voter turnout 2016 as well. Yo, so I was talking to one of my homeboys about this election coming up, right? And he was saying how, like, a lot of people don't realize how much is on the line with this election because it doesn't just decide, like, the next four years. It kind of decides, like, the next, like, decade plus. That's a fact. Right? Also. So so he was saying one one of the things that we really need to monitor is, like, um, which candidate and like the candidates' uh, thoughts on oil, right? Because he was like, when you look at like America, a lot of our uh, some some states, for example, the example he gave was Texas. Like it's a completely oil-based economy. So like he was like, if we choose like somebody like Kamala and Bi- um, Biden, um, Biden and Kamala who are for, like, uh, you know, clean clean uh, energy alternatives, he was like, yo, we could see Texas, like, cities in Texas become the next Detroit in the next 20 years. I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. Damn. Yeah, and that's dangerous. You don't want Texas to be like Detroit. Everybody and their mama got a few guns. <laughs> Well, I mean, Detroit, everybody got guns. It's Michigan. Michigan is pretty and much... Michigan ain't Texas, though. No, nah, that's true. It's a different mentality. <laughs> Michigan ain't Texas. It's like, yeah, you know... They give you a concealed carry at, at graduation. Yo, fam, remember when remember when Trump dropped in a debate that I brought back Big Ten football? <laughs> like, you know who he was speaking to? Texans. He was speaking to them. People who are, like... Where football is their religion, like that's America, man. Like, so, <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to the results of three states: Texas, Georgia, Florida, and Pennsylvania. Oh, in Nevada. Honestly, I'll be real. I don't care. I already know. I don't, like, do, I don't care. Either. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. Give a fuck. But if I had to look forward to one state. I think the deciding state is going to be Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania is going to be a deciding state. Like, I feel like Texas is probably going to go go with Trump. It's going to be close yeah. with Biden. New York, he's going to Biden's going to get New York. Um, Florida is going to go to Trump. California is going to go to Biden. But isn't Biden talking about another lockdown? Yes, he said that if the yeah, South- they're not going to win, they're not winning the South with that. 
if the scientists suggest, if science suggests that they should go to another lockdown, he will absolutely, unequivocally, green light a second lockdown. Full force, too. Well, I think also, though, like, I think, and I don't know, maybe Trump is too, but I think Biden is susceptible to reasoning. So I, Susceptible I to, to reasoning? Yeah, I think, like, he'll listen to <laughs> that. That's a hell of a statement. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of calling somebody, yeah, he's not a bozo, and we'll probably... <laughs> I, what I what I mean by that is like I think he'll listen to 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 his advisors and, and not go off the rails. So like if his advisors are like, yo, like maybe like we don't need to do another lockdown because like it's gonna further hurt small businesses and the economy. But hey, hey, this is what you do. Like, um, follow what you know some college campuses are doing and quarantine people that have exposure um, or currently have the virus and give them uh, what do you call it you know, compensate them for the time, like their two weeks that, you know, they have the virus or whatever, instead of like compensating everyone and quarantining everyone. Um, I, I recently watched like something on like uh, the local news about that. Um, they were saying, one, one of the scientists was suggesting that that should be alternative in terms of, in, in, instead of everyone going into lockdown. I mean, yeah, it's been what two hundred thousand deaths. Yeah, you know, well, we're, I, not, we're not stopping people from driving cars. Nope, we're not stopping people from eating five hamburgers a day. But uh, also, there's been a, like a resurgence in you know rural areas because you know they weren't listening to the lockdown at all. They were, they were like, "Who are you, big government, to tell me what to do?" And they I mean, turned around, wow. and a bunch of them got sick and died. Because they weren't quarantining, nor getting tested. He also said you should probably make the test very cheap, like fifty cents. That way, there could be more testing, and we can know like who has it. We can contact trace them easier, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they have at home uh, saliva tests for anybody out there that don't want to go anywhere. They have at home saliva tests available for about I think a buck thirty nine. Uh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to make it seem insignificant. I know it is a serious thing. It's just that, like, people don't need the government telling us to stay home. It's unfortunate that yeah. that statement, the other side of it is you have a, a group of people who will go into places with no mask and just be like, with a loudspeaker, I don't need a mask. Don't tell me what to do. Like, okay, you don't need to do that. You know what I mean? You don't need to do that with your freedom. And at the same time, it's like, shutting down the economy and letting healthy, able-bodied people, restricting them from living their lives is just a stupid idea. Yeah, I agree. I, right, I like you, like when, when everybody who's dying from this, not everyone, but most people who are dying from this are 70 to 90. And you have an issue, a big gap in pension plans, you have all of these issues that's making it unsustainable for this group to live. The world is not fair. Right. Like the world is not this is not a fair place. We should not be restricting people who are able to go out and live their lives from living their lives for extended periods of time for this. We should not be doing that. I think. I don't know. I just think it's a bad idea. You know, it's crazy, though. Uh, people keep blaming like political parties 
for like the lockdown. Like we're, it was like everyone was like, all right, we need to do lockdown at first. Everyone said it. And everybody, like I'm here, I'm watching on Facebook, like some people like, oh yeah, it's all oh, it's the Democrats. <laughs> like, nah, yeah. People, yeah. people said it because we didn't know. We didn't have data. Yeah. And we still don't have good data. But it's like, okay, it's been about 10 months now. It's been about 10 months now, and we have 200,000 people who have died, which is terrible. Um, and also, 80%, 90% of that group is above the age of 65. So why don't we just tell them to stay home? We send them Social Security anyway. Mm. Like, okay, like maybe you don't send the group of able-bodied working people who are still productive. Maybe we shouldn't tell them to stay home and send them free money. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe since we already have a program where the most vulnerable people are already getting free checks from the government, maybe we shouldn't make even more legislation that's friendly to old people and destroying the lives of young people. Maybe we shouldn't do that. That's a good point. There is someone in the market, though, who's making a big bet that SPY is going to rip some. Like it's going to go back. It's going to bounce crazy. Which leads people to believe that whoever this trader is, um, that we're going to see a Trump re-election. Yeah, I really don't want to see. I really don't want to see another lockdown. I really, 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 really don't want another lockdown. That was that was miserable. <laughs> there are, to to be fair, there are many places like LA that are still shut down. Like they can't. They really can't go anywhere. It's ridiculous. Damn, that actually might kind of decide the election. Yeah. When people voting conservatively just because they don't want another lockdown. And they don't want a national mass mandate. Like, did you see uh, Trump yesterday at a rally making fun of a Fox News journalist because she had on a mask? He was like, where's Laura? Look at Laura. Uh, Do you have on a mask? Look at Laura being politically correct. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) Yo. Yo. He enjoys being a stand-up comedian. You know what's funny, man? I I, I watched the Borat movie maybe like six times. (laughs) All right. That's funny. I was like, because this time when I watched it, I had to go back and watch the first one, right? The last time I watched it. And I realized, like, you know, he was making fun of ignorant people in America. Like, he was making fun of our ignorance. Like, he literally like made uh, some people feel comfortable enough to come out their shell and say the racist or sexist or whatever ignorant stuff that they felt. Like, and that's what his characters did. Like, including Borat. Borat is like you know, in, for all essential purposes, he's a doofus. Like, but like he's so like doofy and ignorant that like it makes other ignorant people feel comfortable around him. And I don't know. In this election time, it was weird that he dropped this movie right before. <laughs> it was just weird. Like perfect timing almost. I was. It was. But nah, man. Please, please not a not a lockdown. Yeah, Please, hopefully somebody gets somebody in there. If he wins, that we don't need a full lockdown. We do, we do need to rethink some things, but I don't want to see another full lock, like full full lockdown. Right? I don't mind wearing my mask. 
Um, but <laughs> there's gonna be like I'm 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 even fine with wearing a mask. Like, okay, mm. if you want to wear the mask to stop the spread, cool. Just don't tell me that I can't come outside. Yeah. Don't tell me that I can't go to work. You know what I mean? Like, don't tell people. Like, don't make don't make the decision for people that you can't go to work, mm-hmm. or don't make the decision for employers that you have to fire these people. Yeah, it's a fact, right? That that's getting too far. It just doesn't warrant. It doesn't warrant that the situation does not warrant that. No, you won't. It's two hundred thousand deaths, which is terrible, but it's less than point one percent of the population, and most of them are old. Yeah. So we don't really know. We don't have clean data of what's comorbidity, like which comorbidities are contributing to the deaths. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that number is probably overstated. Um, just because of all the people who, you know, have heart conditions. Like this is a very unhealthy population. Over 30 percent of the population is obese. What do you expect? Probably even That's not now. the issue. Right. <laughs> don't don't shut down the gym. Don't do that. That's that's part of the problem. We don't need people to stay in the house and Yo. like gamble and basically they, whittle to their own addictions and right. just in their own mess. We don't need that. Right. Although I did have a parlay hit last week. <laughs> so uh, uh yeah, it's happy about that. But no, nah, you you're right. Um I still haven't going to a public gym yet uh i started to I've been to the gym i've been to the gym almost every day for the past five six months oh yeah i know and perfectly healthy yeah i've constructed my own little mini gym workout materials and whatnot at the crib uh but yeah what's going on with the gyms anybody check out planet fitness lately they stock price uh, but la fitness i mean it's normal like mm. some people have masks some people don't there is equipment to spray down stuff yeah. but i mean it's not socially distanced how do you be socially distanced in the gym right and um it's probably the perfect time to go to the gym because nobody's taking up the, the bench press all the time <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> honestly like i'm finding just as many people and what yeah i mean at this point it's in in georgia we had the end of october I, I went back i probably went back inside the gym like first week of june mm. and is slowly picked up maybe for the past two months. We've been normal. We've been practically normal. I see the same faces all the time. And yeah, I'm sure like you do have the risk of spreading it. But if you're also taking care of yourself, drinking water, doing all the things, then you won't be in this 0.1%. You won't be, even if it's 1%. Are we really going to stop the entire economy? Are we going to deal with double-digit unemployment for sustained periods? Are we going to devalue the currency to the point to where we lose global dominance? Like, this is the trade-off. Are we going to do that for a few hundred thousand of our grandparents? And it's like, you can call up the emotional response, like, oh, you don't care about your grandparents. I love my grandparents dearly. And life ends. And life is not fair. Yo, I'm and there's a ton of legislation that is favorable towards old people that is restrictive towards young people because baby boomers have been stacking a legislative deck. 
for mm. decades. Mm. We don't need more of that. Mm. We talked about the wealth distribution and how little millennials have. This exacerbates it. Yeah. Damn. So. Uh, but but so, like a phoenix, we shall rise from the ashes. Not another lockdown. Hashtag not another lockdown. Yeah, absolutely get hit with some hate mail this week. <laughs> no, I don't That's how we talk like this. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> People was deeming us, talking about, yo, you guys don't care about what's going on in the world. We're like, wait, what? But like, honestly, <laughs> if that's how you feel, you can, you're free to Yeah, I mean, so, uh, hey, but everybody here has their own opinion. Uh and, and is entitled to feel how they feel. Hey, uh, what's on y'all watch list? Unity Gaming, like I said, <laughs> gaming, Yo, gambling. I'm watching through. I'm watching through the people. Cannabis and That's crypto. About it. That's my structure, mm. right? Gaming, cannabis, crypto. Mm. I'm on crypto. I, I gotta, I gotta play one volatility just in case it gets crazy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, I still have volatility. Yeah, I got volatility calls and uh, UVXY calls. Um, shit, spot puts. <laughs> I don't have any puts. I don't have any puts, but I, I'm I'm a load up on volatility. Yeah, probably through June. I'm probably gonna play both ways. If if I do right now, I'm just so knee deep in attention to cannabis. I mean, cannabis and crypto. Right, um, but more so on crypto. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I might Yo, take man. a and some spot calls right before market closes election day. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not, and that's for me. That's not advice for anybody out there. I might knee deep in crypto. I'm really searching for like the next DeFi thing. Honestly, I found like this. Uh, it's like an app slash website. It's called Pull Together. And it allows you to like pull with like different people. It's like Anchor, right? Kind of, except pull together. You, when, every week you so can get clean. like a percentage of the pool. Okay. So like if let's say like they raise like, you know, 10,000 and die, like you can get like 5% of that or something like that. What is this, like a susu? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, this is you're there, it's like a lottery, so it's like you don't get it automatically, you're still gonna get your pool percentage, but there's a higher chance. It's like you can get like the depending on how many you know die you contribute to the pool, you have like you know, amount of tickets that you have at the lottery, so you get a percentage of the another percentage of the pool as well, yeah. Nah, that. Yeah, that sounds like the susu or a little square at the square cash can we saw going on. Mm. If you put in a certain amount of money, you'll be entitled to a certain percentage at a later date. But it was a pure exit scam. I'm not saying that pull together is an exit scam. Uh, I'm just that's what it reminds me of. So that's a pull together. Uh, what's the ticker for that? It's no ticker. It's a it's an app. It's a it's okay. attached. It's attached to MetaMask. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm honestly looking for like the new DeFi thing for some reason. Cause I feel like with the crypto bull run like pending, like it's coming soon. Um, I think like as soon as like Bitcoin hits those crazy numbers, you're gonna see some people try to go into some of these DeFi things. Yeah, I agree. Take it's gonna it's gonna run up DeFi crazy. Huh? I said take their profits and put it into the alts. 
Oh yeah, it's gonna run up the alls crazy. But I think DeFi specifically, pro- DeFi projects specifically are gonna get real crazy. And I and I okay. So on that wavelength, I mean, I'm not really. I haven't been looking at too many new coins, but I have a handful of high quality coins that I'm just that I just love. And Ring, Ring is another one of those. Is Ring got listed on Coinbase, right? Did it? I'm not sure. Um, it's it's on Gemini, but it's not. I don't think it's on Coinbase yet. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was on Coinbase. Um, but um, no. Nah, I just bringing Bitcoin or bringing cryptos to other blockchains, and I feel like the biggest use case is all right. Now that we have the Bitcoin, and I want to use it, I got to bring it over to a blockchain that's scalable. And Ren can bring Bitcoin to Ethereum. It can bring it can bring it over to whatever network you know, we needed to be on to go ahead and invest and put it in these different protocols to get yield. So um I love her. Correction, it is on Coinbase. You it are. is on Coinbase. Yeah, I just saw it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on there now. So is Loopring. Yeah, they they've been listening to some assets lately. Uh, yeah, but it's not getting responses mm. because you know we are still Every all the attention is on Bitcoin right now. That's true. All what? the attention is on Bitcoin right now, and like you said, it's long. Once we get to certain levels, that focus will shift. Yeah, but um, yeah, the late yeah, money when gonna... that focus when that focus shifts, I think things like rent are very very interesting. Because uh, that's what happened last time in 2017 when 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 Bitcoin got started being talked about by everybody in the barbershop, every bodega you can think of, regular people start talking about Bitcoin. What they did was they shifted their money and their attention to the, the next cheapest assets. And at that time, there was only two other assets that were listed on, um, I mean, yeah, three other, on Coinbase. It was Ethereum and Litecoin. And then I think they had listed Ethereum Cash. Mm-hmm. I, I think what? Ethereum Cash was one of them. But Twan was the one who hit me to this. And I kind of ign- I brushed him off when he had said it. He was like, listen, man. This shit is running up. People that new late money that's coming in, they're going to look at Bitcoin and say it's too expensive. So they're going to put their money in the next thing. Yep. And guess what? what? PayPal has listed where I said. PayPal is this version of Coinbase. And guess what they are? Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin. Sound familiar? Right. So you could just build a basket out of those and play it. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think it's gonna be two moves. I think it's gonna be DeFi moves that's gonna get crazy, and then it's gonna be the moves for like merchants and vendors. So like whatever merchants and vendors are accepting, like those are gonna get crazy too. So Litecoin, I think it might get crazy. Um, if and and maybe some other ones that I I, I really don't know of right now. The name, they'll probably get some some, some real real crazy. I think Monero's gonna get crazy because vendors accept Monero. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, uh, well, yeah, that's about it. That was on my watch list. I don't, I don't really have no petty puts or anything like that this week. I'm not being petty right now. Um, I got a petty put on a second lockdown. <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah, if you if you can't, I would tell, join. I'm, actually, I would join that. You week. Can't, if you can't tell, I'm very, very much against that. Yeah. Uh, I don't shout out to the listeners once again. Uh, shout out to Cake Wallet. <laughs> Never really showed them some love, but shout out to Cake Wallet. 
if you need a wallet for your Monero. Um, and yeah, that's it for me, man. Y'all got any shout outs I want to give? Listeners. Yeah, listeners. Oh, and shout out to a get. So we, we have a guest, um, returning guest next week, uh, a man, Austin Clark. Shout out to him. Uh his own brand out there. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, but we'll catch y'all next week. Remember, investments and securities can involve great risk. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for financial advice. Please consult with a licensed financial advisor before you purchase or sell any stock or crypto. Uh, do your own due diligence, you know? And with that, we out. That's how you handle business. Now my name in the Guinness. Records, next to ballers and retired drug dealers. Side note, I'm the realest. Signing off, Mr. Pinnock. This money ain't changed shit. I'm gangster from start to finish. Let's go. There's blood on the money. Blood on my hands. There's blood on the money. Blood on my hands. There's blood on the money. Blood on my hands. There's blood on the money. Blood on my hands. Triple black tents on the caddy. What you know about being out in the valley. The plug action for Addy.